never be satisfied because, you know, there's always something more that you can be doing to not only just improve yourself in the basketball sense, but improve yourself in, in life. Like I'm going to be one of the, those coaches that, yeah, it's it's about, you know, you want to win games, but you want to make, you know, this group of kids into the you know best young adults that you can make them and you want that character formation. I'd say be grateful in the moment, you know, just to appreciate, you know, even the simplest things every day, like, you know, waking up, being able to step on the court, being able to, you know, get a lift in, just being grateful of your position where you are because not everybody has that. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Across the Border. My name is Max, I'm here with Chris, and today we have on the kid who Coach Peak calls Plexiglass. Um, one of the best pump fake step throughs in all of Division Three basketball. Why and does he call you Plexiglass? Uh, Adam Sullivan. It's, I guess it's a combination of my injuries and then him just wanting oh, to make so fun of me. it's an insult. I thought it yes, was Yes, it's an insult. I thought it was it's, a not, it's not a compliment. Because you're, like, no. you're like flexible and <laughs> not like, they can't no, break you. No, I'm one of the no, least athletic wrong. people you'll ever meet. Okay, because I'm getting yelled at lately for this in the podcast. What is your height? What is your age? And what year are you in school? My height? Uh, I'm going to say 6'3 with shoes on. Okay. <laughs> to be generous. 19, and I'm a sophomore here at Elms. Okay. And how did you start playing basketball? That's interesting. I don't ever remember the first moment that I said to myself, this is the sport for me. Mm -hmm. um, I just remember being really little in the driveway and just my mom and dad passed me the ball and shooting on the mini hoop. Okay. Um, did your mom or dad play basketball? No, they didn't. Uh, I know my dad stopped playing after high school. Um, and it's actually kind of funny. I have a pretty short family, so I was the tallest in my family. So that was same kind of the direction that... Are you the tallest in your family? Yeah. I was going to go. Like, you in your family is about six foot? No. Not even close. It's, my dad's like five seven. Mine. <laughs> it's the same with mine. You're not a single person about six I, foot. I have one cousin who's six six. That's it. Yeah, no, I don't have anyone in my family that's tall at all. Did you play other sports? I played baseball and soccer growing up. And were you good at them? I was not good at baseball. I could not hit the ball. Uh, for anything, I know eye hand coordination, <laughs> and then soccer. I was too slow to mm. be a good offensive player, so I was a defensive player. Mm. I played soccer too, and I was garbage for like the first mm. twelve years, yeah. or something. and like the last few years, I was actually pretty decent. But then I ended up quitting because basketball was just like. So I played much. soccer too. I was really, really good. No, you weren't. No, I just picked the Dandelion. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. Sam dude. said the same thing. Yes, he also. I don't know if he copied me. And, no, he did. He's, he's been saying that. He's experience. been he's been saying that since he was like fucking twelve, dude. But yeah, he hated soccer too. I, I was actually no, I'm not glad he on the field and picked the Dandelion. It, it's a good. It's good conditioning, dude. I, I, I credit that for helping me get in the basketball. Soccer condition. players are by far. Yeah. I mean, okay, obviously we're not boxing, about, swimming, marathon runners, mm -hmm. but like yep. one of the most conditioned. Oh, absolutely. Sports like because you're ninety minutes straight running. Dude, I was an elite. I was an elite goalie, like a fucking A one goalie okay. up until. I don't believe that. I swear to God, I don't know who I could tell you because like everyone that I played with, I don't know them anymore. But I swear to God, I was a fucking elite goalie until I started playing out. I played goalie for one half mm -hmm. my soccer. You would be. Career. I feel like you. That's, you kind of look like a soccer goalie. You have big ass uh, no, hands. No, 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 no. Big no. hands, bro. I feel like you could be. A soccer Let me goalie. tell you, I was in goalie for maybe fifteen minutes, and I allowed seven goals. <laughs> 
mind. And so after the seventh goal, I took the gloves off. I threw them on the ground and I just walked off like the deck. field. And my, <laughs> deck my coach and he scored less goals on an open end. They did with yeah. Adam. <laughs> my coach goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm done. I'm not playing goalie anymore. Don't ask. No, actually, dude, this is, I'm going to tell you a story about how I know I was a fucking elite goalie. Because we were in a soccer tournament and we were in the final game. And there was a shootout. How old were you? Like fucking 11, 10. But like there was a shootout to finish the game. And like we, I don't know if you know how shootouts work, but like you have to score two times in a row or whatever. Yes. And um, they scored on me one time. And then we went down and scored. And then I saved the ball. And we scored. It was like back and forth the whole time. And then I got the game saving fucking save. Game winning save. Okay. I'm nice, bro. Just... You know how we always talk about how like well first of all welcome back to across the border the, the, <laughs> the biggest soccer podcast on, we're gonna on interview the, some soccer side. players shortly so I thought I'd introduce the world to my soccer but side you know how we always say like you need to get out of your hometown like feel like because like, you're a big fish in a little pond yes was it maybe like you're not actually that good you just live in Owen Sound and I don't you're live 11 in Owen years Sound. old no because like it was like we would tour to other places like I didn't so was, you just eight competition yes you played Friday night it's like no, 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 no. 20 in the Friday night league <laughs> no it's not <laughs> the same nice this is like real soccer like all across West Gray which okay. is like 50,000 okay. people okay wow Okay, anyways, back to your story. So you dropped, you just like stopped playing soccer or you're just like, man, I fucking suck at this. I can't do it anymore. I, I played soccer <laughs> up until high school. Baseball, I dropped before soccer. That was probably when I was 12. Was when there I a moment of self-clarity? You'd be like, man, I'm just really fucking bad at this sport. Like, I oh, believe. yeah, I knew. Uh, I hadn't hit the ball in a game in about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Teams were kind of lobbing the ball to me, and I still couldn't hit it. They were doing it on purpose, and they're trying to throw you a yeah, ball. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm out of here." I was very happy when the rest that of the season. Was I'm canceled. fucking terrible at baseball. I, I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. And then, and so you dropped soccer at in grade nine, freshman yes, year. Yep, before freshman year. Yeah. Okay, and then that's you just fucking dialed yep, on basketball. Was, yeah. Were you good when you started basketball? Um, I I wouldn't say so. Mm-hmm. I was a work in progress. Maybe that does feel better. Technical difficulties. Anyways, after we were rudely interrupted. Sorry. <laughs> um, so you weren't very good when you started? You were. I just lost my whole train No, of I, I wouldn't say I was. Um, I was... What? I was one of those kids that learned through the actual games. Mm-hmm. Um, were you tall when you started? No, I was not. I didn't hit my growth spurt till high school. I was shorter. I used, believe it or not, I used to play point guard. That's um, a, no, I'm not lying. I, I was. A, I used to play point guard too. I, I was a point guard, and the funny thing is, I played for my father up until about seventh grade. And like AAU and stuff, or like he played uh, middle school team. Like middle school, middle okay. school team. Um, so he would basically play me the whole game as all fathers do. Mm-hmm. Um, Maximum that you were chubby as a kid. Yes, Yo, I, we were going to get into that after. Yes, oh, I was. I How was. long were you fat until? I'd honestly say till about ninth grade. We only say that because yesterday we were in the weight room and we were just talking about weight room stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about how it's like, whatever, like gaining weight, losing weight. I'm yeah. like, if you look at Adam, like I said this without mm-hmm. knowing anything, I'm like, if you, you could Adam, I could guarantee you mm-hmm. that he was fat up yeah. as a child. Yeah. And they're like, no way, whatever. I'm like, I guarantee you, if you look at him, mm-hmm. he's has like the build of like somebody who lost weight and gained muscle as yeah. opposed to gained mm-hmm. weight and muscle. And then and he looked at me and he said, I guess you never grew out of that because you're still fat. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you weren't very good. And then you played point guard up until grade nine. Yeah. Um, I remember growing up, I would play point guard. I would always I, 
played up my whole you life. You are a good passer. I'm not going to say you. like... Thank you. I've never really seen you dribble the ball, but mm -hmm. like if you get the ball in the high post, you are making yeah, good decisions. You don't want to see me dribble it, but I can pass. But it. you are a good passer. So <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it was one of those kind of situation things. I was always playing against older kids, even in suburban and, you know, middle school. Um, I was always the kid in the fifth, sixth grade playing against the seventh and eighth graders. And I think that is a credit to help to where I got to where I am now is my parents saw the potential in me and maybe I wasn't getting the results at first that I wanted, but by playing against older competition, I was going to be way, way more comfortable when I got to the high school level to, to play against. So them. when you hit your growth spurt, did you like make mm -hmm. a decision in your mind? Like now I'm going to start working on big skills or was your, one of your coaches like, nah, now it's time for you to play big. Like how does that end up happening? So I want to say my freshman year was the first year that my high school coach um, was like to me, listen, there's not really a spot for you as a guard, okay. but you can learn to play it big. And I was probably, I'd say, 5'9". So being a 5'9 big is tough. And he's, varsity? Yeah, this is varsity. Um, so I was, I was a bubble player my freshman year, so I would play some of JV, and then I would play about a quarter or two of varsity. So it was a learning experience. Um, I definitely... <laughs> It was definitely an eye-opener for me, you know, as it is for everybody that transitioned between eighth grade and high school basketball. Anybody who transitions to any level between levels, even like yes. 12th grade yes. to college, like mm -hmm. college basketball. Yep. I, I remember we played against this kid. Um, he goes to Iowa State now, Hassan Ward. He's, he's about 6'10", and I remember I matched up against him at 5'9", and I said, this is what I have to go up against the next four years. I better get in the weight room a lot, and I better grow a little. Okay, because that was going to be my next question. Yeah. Was like, Did you decide to get in the weight room, or was it like just a fucking being an undersized guard? You're like, I'm mm -hmm. going to get bullied for my entire high school career if I don't do this. So I'd say it was fine. Second day of practice, um, my coach was like, listen, we're, we're going to start lifting because – the school I went into, it was a brand new school, so we had a new weight room, all new facilities. Oh. Yes, yep. Um, so I decided, listen, I'm gonna take the weight room seriously. You know, I wasn't very strong at first. Mm -hmm. I wasn't very coordinated. I had the nickname of Bambi. Shout um, out Declan. <laughs> Shout out James. <laughs> That's also true. Um, but I- yeah, I you just got a crazy straight. I apologize <laughs> on behalf of Chris. I took it seriously and I started to see some improvement going into the end of freshman year and I kind of took it seriously where I was going to start transitioning to a big and it I obviously you know the place I am now it's worked out yeah. so um and then throughout your high school career how did that look exactly mm -hmm. like were you dunking on kids mm -hmm. were you bodying people under the I can rain? answer that for you he was not dunking on kids <laughs> I, I have, never, you ever dunked I've never dunked before oh, you came close welcome to the club no I have not come close no. welcome to the club nope have you ever like touched the rim yeah I've touched the rim. Or like hung on the rim? No, because I'm afraid I'll fall. I have fall. I hung on the rim. So, like 10th grade, I was like, I'm just going to yeah, jump and no. try and touch the highest I could possibly see outside in all times. Yeah, hung on the rim on out. the right side with my right hand off mm -hmm. one foot. Yeah. Swung forward and landed like this. Fresh my elbow. Yeah, I would never. Yeah. Yeah. I don't right. hang on the rim anymore. Even though I'm more than it's capable. safer on the ground. I never, uh, never hang on the rim. Even if I jump off two feet with two hands, mm -hmm. never hang on the rim. Ever. Yeah. Stick to lifting heavy things. It's much more fun, much safer. But <laughs> Actually, not much safer. I think it is. Maybe. I can still, I just, I still dunk. I just don't. Yeah. What do you call it? You, 
I remember when it was one of the games, and I was like, I was, I was like, recently restarted like dunk, my knees yes. were feeling better. I recently yes. restarted dunking and warmups and stuff like that. And I don't think you jumping. can do it. And I'm like, yo, because but Adam wasn't there like a lot because it was I was just mm -hmm. like dunking in away games. I'm like, yo, Adam, you think I could dunk? And I, so like, I, no. I knew like I've done, put it through it down a bunch of times, but he has not seen it. I'm like, there's no way he's gonna think like everybody else. I wouldn't believe that I would. Able to I was dunk. impressed. I like, was no, impressed. there's no way. And then I dunked one or two. And, yeah. yeah. I wasn't that impressed with how you dunk, but when I saw him dunk, that was that kind of threw me off. I mean, Rim grazer. Well, it went in the net, so I was like, I didn't think he had any athleticism. He kind of dunks like a way less powerful Joe. He has yeah. like it's a left hand, left side type of dunk, mm -hmm. but it's like I can't really explain. It, but it's exactly what Joe. Does. Shout out Joe. We're just all over the fucking map. Well, so yeah. back, back to the high school career. How did you play? How was everything? I would say my freshman year was a learning experience. My sophomore year was probably my worst year. Wow. Um, so it was a combination of things. And during the summer league leading up to my sophomore year, I did not play that well. A A U? Is that where you played Declan and he knocked your face no, off? No, no, no. That was that was says Declan, that says was Declan. senior year. We'll, we'll get to that. Um <laughs> But I I just yeah, no, that wasn't AAU, that was summer league and just I didn't play as well as I wanted to. And then I remember I went to a camp at Brown University. Um, oh, yep. And I would say that in the moment that completely shattered my confidence because when you're a ninth grader and you're playing on the varsity team, of course, you're going to think that you're the next and upcoming LeBron. And then when you, <laughs> when you go to the Ivy League basketball camp and get humbled by a bunch of, yeah. you know, six, ten kids from Australia and California <laughs> who are just you know, bigger muscular than you, can shoot more, you know. I couldn't keep up with any of those kids. Yeah. Um, and I kind of felt that a lot of the coaches gave me the pity response of, wow, you're only a freshman and you're hanging in here. Like, <laughs> And I kind of was like, oh, F that. Like, you know, I'm not. You I just swear on the podcast. I know you're not going to. No, just, I'm not going to. But just let me um, know. That's an option if you want to utilize. <laughs> that'll, that, that'll hurt his chances of being president one day, so we can't do that. <laughs> But no, it was it was definitely a learning experience and looking back on it now, it did teach me a lot of great lessons. Okay. I was humbled to a very good degree and I'm glad that I had that. I think experience. it was a necessary humbling? Yes, I think it was a necessary humbling. It showed me that I had a lot to work on. Um, did you have a big ego in ninth grade? Yes. I could never see you as having a really big ego. Like I, I couldn't either. I I didn't it wasn't an outward big ego. It was just, you know, how everybody's in their head. Like, mm -hmm. I'm back to the best player like, oh, This guy really can't fuck with me right now. Yeah. <sighs> and then I got to that moment where, as, you know, looking up at 6'10 giants <laughs> who were dunking on me. And Did I, you hit your growth spree? You're still like 5'9 at this no, point. No, I hadn't hit my growth spree yet. Actually, funny enough, it came about two weeks later. Mm. I think I grew, I'm going to say 6'1 to be nice. I'm still waiting on mine, actually. I'm going to say 6'1. And it's like four or five inches in one summer. Yeah. Right. So it, it was a big growth spurt. And then, you know, sophomore year was still rough because I didn't have that confidence yet. Mm -hmm. um, and then COVID happened and, yeah. you know, no one could play basketball for a while. So I remember I, I talked with my coach after the sophomore season and I was still bent on transitioning back to a guard. Oh, shit. And he was straight up honest with me and told me, if you want to be a guard, you're not going to play on this team. Like, we don't 
we have enough talented guards that we don't need you to do something outside of your element. Mm -hmm. He said, this is what I, I need you to be a, a big presence inside. I need you to rebound. I need you to be a leader, a team captain, and kind of wrote that job description for me. And I just decided, you know what, I'm going to buy in because my freshman and sophomore year, we had a combined record of eight and 32. So <laughs> I said, listen, something's got to change here. We got to buy it. And we've got a good core of guys coming up from JV that, you know, I've played with all year because realistically, we all had three year, two years together mm -hmm. to kind of put something together. This team hadn't made the playoffs since 2018. Um, so junior year was better. We went 10 and one. I had a great season. Um, I made the second team all region kind of embracing that role as a big presence inside. Mm -hmm. I took the weight room more seriously. I was more of a leader. It's kind of that evolution that showed me what the next stage in my development looked like. And I'm glad that I stuck with it and pursued. Yeah, looking back, do you think you could have potentially been a guard or was it like you're you now you can understand that your coach was definitely right and there was no chance that you were going to be a college guard? at that Yeah, point? I, I understood. I'd say it was probably about the fourth game junior year. Um, you know, I I would get switched onto some guards and I just wasn't quick enough laterally to guard them. And then I would go down in the in the paint and kind of, you know, get that post up and make a move toward the basket and and score. And then physically I was above the level of a guard and you know some bigs I was above that level so I could just you know do damage in the paint and grab rebounds and deflections on yeah. defense and everything so you have a very like distinct game of it's not extremely flashy a lot of pump fakes mm -hmm. a lot of pivots yep. and like spin moves but also mm -hmm. like you're a very talented offensive rebound yep. where, like you like had a tip in over justice mm -hmm. in the Alberta scrimmage mm -hmm. and but I'm assuming you were not good at those things when you were mm -hmm. I guess identified as a guard mm -hmm. previously to high school. So do those things kind of just come naturally and you're just naturally good at them? Or did you like work on those specific things? But I, I find it hard to believe that you were at five, mm -hmm. five, seven fat yeah. in eighth grade, had a yeah. good pump fake. <laughs> I, so fundamentally that's always been there since I was probably about three years old. Is that instilled in you by somebody or that? Yeah. Somebody so it was about? both my parents. My dad would, um, you know, sit in the driveway, rebound with me and make me, you know, do right left hand layups and, you know, come to jump stops on a shot and, you know, just just be fundamental bank shots, you know, using the glass, being smart on post moves. And I remember um, my mom, she would, you know, even on the hottest days in the summer, she would prop a lawn chair up and she would track my makes in the driveway. That's commitment. Shots, everything. And I remember she would never let me take a day off. And I'd, I'd say, Mom, <laughs> come on. Like, it's 90 degrees out. I want to go inside and watch TV. And she'd be like, no, you're never going to get to the level that you want to get to by being like that. I remember when they used to drop me, too, off at my grandmother's. My grandmother, who was, you know, 76 years old, would prop a lawn chair up <laughs> in her driveway and track my makes. And it was it was just there from a young age that in that commitment to hard work and then that commitment of being fundamental. Like we have a rule. It was a rule for me for a long time. I, I couldn't leave my feet on a pass. I had, that, to, I had to either jump that stop. That just made me so happy. Or yes. I, I, I had this is to, why he was a college basketball player now. You're not. <laughs> or I had to catch the pass and I'd be in that triple threat position. And, you know, if you're gonna, not going to shoot it, pass it. If you're not going to pass it, shoot it. And I feel like a 
this might be like a general statement, but I feel like it's a lot more, I don't want to say easier, but like a fundamental game mm. really fits around a big man style of play as opposed to a guard style of play. Does that make sense? I think it's both. I mean, I think you can get away with flashy shit more as a guard, mm-hmm. but like I'd rather see a fundamental guard than a fundamental big. Mm. But I'm saying like, a, yeah, I agree. But I think just like being a big, like it's hard to, as a guard, just doing the fundamental, yeah. it's hard to succeed mm-hmm. being a guard just doing the fundamental yeah. things because you need to have other elements mm-hmm. of Maybe it's not necessarily basketball skills, yeah. but it's of athleticism yep. and it's of stuff like that. But yeah. you can, with the with the physical presence and yeah. the fundamentals, you can succeed as a big man. I think because I was I was never the quickest kid growing up, and I was never the kid who could jump the highest. So I needed those fakes. Yeah. You know, whether it's the pass fake, the and ball that, fake, yeah, and that everything just goes right into yeah. translates right into mm-hmm. being a big man. Yep, and then with sense to rebounding, um, I guess I didn't really take that seriously until that junior year of high school where I realized that I could be a dominant rebounder and basically yeah. I rebound anyone on the court. So, so I was like, heck with it, you know, let's do it. Something that I'm curious about. So you went to Pope Francis, yep. what it's called. Mm-hmm. So I obviously not from here, Chris, mm-hmm. not from, we don't know yep. much about the high school basketball around here, but I do know is that RJ's brother, mm-hmm. who is a pretty good player now, is yep. supposed to be a very, very good player, has a lot of potential, yep. goes there now. Mm-hmm. And I just heard yesterday when I was working out with coach, they were talking mm-hmm. about how like they just beat Springfield Central yep. mm-hmm. in, I don't know what, in uh, uh, whatever the, the cities or whatever. Yep. And is, from what I understand, Poe Francis is a small private school yep. and Central is a really, really big public school. Yep. So how do those two schools play in, a, in the same playoffs? So they played it so it's the Western Mass Championship. So I guess if you want to take it in the college sense, it's basically your conference tournament. Um, but they're in the same conference, even though they're massive difference in school sizes. Is yeah, there, is, so, there's no divisions based on school size in, in Massachusetts. So in Massachusetts, there's the state tournament is divisions one through four based on and school size. Okay. The Western Mass is just the teams around here. Oh, so that's not okay. Yep. So they wouldn't play each other in the state tournament. No, but they would play each other. In, okay, yep. that makes sense. Western Mass. <clears throat> yep. Looking back, um, senior year. Mm-hmm. How did that go? That was that was our best year. We went fourteen and seven. We made uh, the playoffs for the first time in five years. Um, that was everything I could have hoped for. That was one of the probably the best team that I've ever had. Did you, you start? Did you contribute? How was yes, your role? Yep, I I started. Um, you know, average double double, first team all Western Mass, all that stuff, um, and just being that leader for that group of guys. You know, we had a great core. Um, you know, we did lose in the play- first round of the Western Mass Tournament, first round of state tournament. You know, that's whatever. You can't control that. Yeah. But I'm, I'm very happy for how that season went. Um, and, you know, I, I couldn't have enjoyed it more. You said about, like, the whole shooting in the garage thing and mm-hmm. all this stuff. Did your parents instill the idea of being a college basketball player all the way through? Or did you decide that at some point? Yeah, so they they never put any pressure on me to be a college basketball player or anything, you know, they told me whatever I wanted to do in life, they were going to support me. And I'm so thankful that I had the option to pursue, you know, whatever I wanted, even, even today, you know, new things that I'm, I'm just say, I'm, I'm going to pick up and, and do. They're like, yeah, go for it. We're going to support you. So I guess it's kind of something that I set for myself, um, probably around junior year, senior year, you know, I, I was not totally confident that I was going to get some offers, but I just, Kind of put it out there to say, hey, you know, I can send up my film, I can play, and you know, if you want me, then you know, I can come on a visit, you can come to games and, and stuff like How that. How many teams did reach out to you? 
I'd say about five or six teams. Which schools? Um, it was Elms, Western New England, Curry College, UMass Dartmouth, and the last one. Oh, uh, Wentworth. All for basketball? Yep. Did you ever decide, uh, did you ever think at one point that you might want to do something other than basketball? Yeah, so it, it's funny. I, I tell this story to everybody who asks me about my major. At first, I wanted to be an engineer. Um, that was because I, I saw the money that they make. And I was like, like, this would be great. <laughs> but then in my senior year, I took an engineering class, found that I was not so great. Yeah. Like uh, the bridges I built, uh, you couldn't drive over it or you would collapse. <laughs> the drinking water uh, that I pure, that I would pur purify would not be purified and you would get uh, lead poisoning. So <laughs> that wasn't for me. And then a lot of people told me that I would make a great teacher, and at first I was like, "No, I'm never. I would never teach." But then I realized that I I want to coach after playing, and you know, teaching and coaching go hand in hand. And I realized that I could be a great teacher and get summers off, so we can get the Adam Sarlin Skills Camp going in the summer. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sending my kid there. I'm sending my kid there. Two foot stops. Yeah. No, but yeah. it really sounds like you had an extremely uh, ideal home life for basketball, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. In yep. the sense of like, it was a perfect balance of hard work, but also not too much pressure, yep. uh, stress and emphasis on the fundamentals, yep. and consistency mm -hmm. and hard work. And I think yep. those are like, that's what we talk on the podcast. Yep. It's like some of the main things. Mm -hmm. And I was going to go back to, why did you decide Elms out of all those five schools? That. Oh. <laughs> I, I decided Elms, so. Did all those five schools offer you? Yes. Okay. So I decided Elms, because of one, the commitment to academics. So that's always been there for me too. Um, you know, my parents have instilled that in both me and my brother, just, you know, that commitment to academics because one day the ball yeah. is, you know, gonna stop bouncing on the court for me. That's that's just the reality of it and, yeah. you know. Is Elms the best academic school out of those five? I, I would say, yeah, it's one of them. I said, there's a great commitment to academics here. The sense of community around here is just very easy to get along with. Um, and then obviously it being so convenient to home to save a ton of money. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I thought that this would be the best chance for, for me to play. So that who, was, who reached out to you? South Hall, P.O.? Uh, it was South Hall. Um, I remember, so him and P came to one of my games um, for one half. And I ended up getting benched mm. because we were not playing well. And it was so funny. And I remember the day after he reached out to me and like was like, we want to bring you for a visit. And I, I was so tempted to email him, why? Like, why would you want me after I got benched? Like, can you come back to another game to see what I can actually do? But uh, I'm glad that worked out. So, What was his selling point with you? What did he say you could be here and what you could provide mm -hmm. for the team? Uh, you know, a big presence inside, that offensive rebounding, just being a hustle guy, a vocal leader, and, and just a guy who – People can see that every day comes in and works hard and doesn't take a playoff. That's that's what he was looking for. Um, so now that the season's over. So mm -hmm. for you guys that don't know, unfortunately, Adam's college career has been ruined by injuries. So last year, yeah. what happened? This year, I, I don't even know what happened. I just know it's both La been knees. Last, right? no, last year. So actually, I'm gonna, my senior year of high school, <laughs> I had an ankle injury that was definitely season-ending, but I played through it because it was my senior year. <laughs> last year... Uh, had the same thing happen to the other ankle. So that's two damaged ankles that will never be fully healed. And then this year I had a knee tendonitis issue and then an impingement in the fat pad behind it. So that was pushing the tendon. That's a lot of big words. Yeah, exactly so, so many big words. So that was pushing the tendon out. 
So that was putting more stress. Yes, a ton of pain. And I just it came to the point where it was so swollen that I, I could not play on it. Could it be this is Declan's words, not mine, that you, it's because you skip legs? N- no, it's not because <laughs> I skip because I've skipped legs my whole life and that, that hasn't happened for years. So I guess. <laughs> so what does the future basketball career of Adam Sarland look like now that, this, now that the season is over? That, not, not that not pressuring you to make a decision yeah, yeah. right now, obviously, but what do you, what he's fucking you quitting. Think? He's done. It's that, over. That's a good question. I have thought about that. Um, you know, I still love playing basketball. I still love playing the game. I still want to be involved with it, either playing, coaching, whatever, you know, whatever comes my way. I, I told myself that I was going to take some time to think about this after the season, um, you know, and pursue some other hobbies that the season takes time out of. Such so, as? Uh, I'm a big writer now. I'm I'm working you on. You should go co- go collab. Ian is shut out. Ian, are you ready in script? Well, the, he made a screenplay. Oh, really? A Thirteen-page. I have not. That's something that I've decided that I want to do, but I have not. Mm. Um, but that's I am, not terrible. Let's just say really? you can't read it out loud. Okay. Okay. I am working. Yeah, he can't. That's not no, that. he can't. <laughs> There's like oh. twenty n words. Oh. You, you can't read it out loud. <laughs> Any hoozle. I, you know, I. I like to write. I have. I'm started on a, a project of mine that I hope will turn into a book someday. Um, wow! I'm gonna ask what the book is about. I'm not gonna spoil it. Okay. So <laughs> so you'll you'll get the signed copy when I when I get it. I don't know if it's gonna turn into a book. And I, one of the rules of writing is not to give anything away before you finish it. So okay. Well, I guess Ian just broke that rule on the first I, day. I, he wrote, he, he finished. He, I, just, yeah, he wrote. He was. If it's finished, it, it's good. We're looking for proofreading. I I'm a big reader too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like to hike, walk, bike, all all that. That doesn't stuff. surprise me. Everything that he would look like, he likes. He to do. looks like a hiker. <laughs> you look like you love granola in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a CrossFit dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the life? after basketball look like for you? Because you said you're going to be a teacher, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can get your full, what is? what do you have to get to be a teacher? Master's in education. So how long is that going to take? Uh, do you need after. your master's? Because So I went to a private school yep. in the U. I don't, I don't know how, in Canada, mm-hmm. I think you need your master's. Yep. But if you want to work at a private school in, yeah, no, you, you don't, don't. You don't but need I, I'd like to get it because, you know, you never know where. And then if I want to end up going to boarding school to teach. Does that extend there. to... Because we so Elms College is a private, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, liberal arts yep. institution. Yeah, do so you, they offer a year of. A but master's. do you need to, in order to be a professor? Do you yep. need a master's? No, you need a PhD teaching? to be a professor. Really? Yeah, so that's the next thing up from a master's. How many years is that? Uh, I want to. You say, need a PhD to be a professor. Yeah. So every single professor here is like mad qualified and shit. Mm-hmm. What did you think it was? So you're saying that the there's like, you know that's crazy. That's why in your called, head I know there's so many in here. You're like, yo, there's no way he has a PhD. Um, what's the, the our teacher from Madai? You know what I'm talking about? Um, he looked like the fucking, fucking librarian from bro, Monsters, Inc. Yes. Oh, jeez. Bro, he was built like... There's no way he no. had a... He was, he was built like a mealworm. That's why they're called um, doctor, because they have a PhD. Every single... So every single professor here is doctor. I'm not sure. I'm not I didn't you, know that. I didn't teach you from I, the guy. I, I'm pretty sure to teach at the college level, you need a PhD. I, I, didn't know, I didn't know that. 
Dude, he was built like he had never left that chair. He was on, he, this is what happened, bro. This is what happened. That's and, crazy. Patrico. He, yeah. <laughs> he was on his last legs. No, bro. Unironically, too, he would hobble into class. Like, he oh, had his geez. hips were broken, dude. He, could, he had to walk this. He would come in with a full Mountain Dew, sit down at his desk, groan, and just read the PowerPoint word for word to us, oh. and then leave. Yeah, you didn't even the, see the back row of the class. That's the if you sat in the back row, you were invisible. That's the kind of teacher I, I would not like to be. Yeah, no, it wasn't good. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, that's interesting, actually. You need a PhD. Mm -hmm. Yep. Gives me a little more respect for all the professors around here mm. not that i don't respect Teach, them you know <laughs> a lot of people don't give like, teachers uh, enough credit as they head, have you done like an internship at this point but uh, so it's funny this summer i'm actually doing a teaching internship where i'll be working with nine through 12 graders have you worked with kids before yeah so this summer i, I did a summer camp where i worked with kids three to 13 Mm. That's probably way worse. Yeah, yeah. I told my parents if I had been an elementary education major, I would have switched because I figured out very quickly that that was not for me. How many times did you get spit on, slapped? Not spit on, but slapped. And then you have the younger. If he slapped you? There's no way. Yeah, you've like, really never worked with little kids. I've never been. Hit. Yeah, I was basketball. I was little kids. I was basically. I've been smoked. Yeah, and I've only worked with kids once. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're slapped, and then if you're tall, they like to grab your legs, grab your legs, and then make you walk, and then they think it's a, like a ride. <laughs> that was definitely you as a kid. And so, and so, <laughs> some kids that yeah. So you're like, get off me, and then you have to say yeah. it twelve times before they. Actually my, my girlfriend is wants to be a teacher for like really like young kids. Oh like God, babies. bless her. But she like. <laughs> She, she like tells me like oh she changes diapers all the time and like that's what she does but one of the professors <laughs> she's, she's good with little kids one so. time somebody was i told them i wanted to be a teacher and they said are you a drinking man because you might need to be <laughs> <laughs> are you a drinking man no have you ever had alcohol no not i'll sip. come i'll that say now that i either. have not that, is, that actually not. doesn't surprise me at all not. you look like a very straight arrow i have not um i want to go all the way back because this is the most fucking random podcast we've ever done but coming into your freshman year did you have any expectations about what you thought college basketball was going to look like and what role you were going to play in it hold on hold on hold on all right back to <laughs> slapping kids and puking on each no, other no no because no. i was here saying like we were really random i'm like well he hasn't really played basketball in two years so all there is the other stuff but have you like checked into a college basketball game yes yeah i've seen yep. the thing the stats you got 2.7 minutes three points sorry yeah three points oh yeah because Free throw. Free throw. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh. Freshman year, I had three points. Okay. Free throw. And, and no, and one floater. Yep. Over. Do you remember who it was? No, some kid from Westcon. <laughs> I just remember we were down about 40 points. How, did this you, how many times did you check in last year? I'd say seven. So like, it's pretty much the same as me. Yeah. So you were in the same, same position as I was in this year? Yeah. yeah. Looking back to my question, what was your expectations coming into freshman year and what kind of role you were going to play in a college mm -hmm. system? Um... So I, I thought I was definitely going to play a little bit more. Um, but again, everybody says that, how they could uh, play a little bit more. But obviously, you know, it came to the part where I realized that I was going to have to earn my minutes. So I just approached every day in practice to try and earn those minutes the best I could and play my hardest and work my hardest and, you know, continually get in the weight room, continually be, you know, a positive face for all the guys and whatever happened was, was going to happen. Was there somebody you were competing with who was currently at the big position at that point? Um, I don't think I was competing with anybody. Um, because again, the, you know, we had, I guess it depended on the game where we could have a couple of bigs roll in. I just think it was a matter of personnel and game plan. And, mm -hmm. you know, obviously I, I wasn't a major part of that, but you know, it's not something I was, you know, going to complain about because, 
you know, it things happen. Yeah. Did you check into any like meaningful minutes or was it just garbage time? No, yeah, just garbage time, yeah. The reason I asked about the competing with someone is because like mm. when you were looking at someone who was playing at the big position, yep. was there something that you saw that you could do that you could that they they couldn't do, like a role you could fill that they couldn't? I think so. I definitely think I have a lot better on court IQ than guys. You know, it, it does not it does not take me long to learn plays. It doesn't it, I can basically, you know, pick out any defense that the opposing team is doing right, you know, within the first possession. I can remember a lot of their plays, and mm -hmm. I definitely think that I could have contributed that. Um, you know, it's, it's just that attention to detail that helps me get that leg up as a player. I think it helps make up for my lack of athleticism and, you know, jumping ability and height. Um so kind of even is that where that up. comes from is like you had to make up for the fact that you weren't the most athletic the most skilled kid yeah definitely i mean you know i was never gonna be a a player that played above the rim and was dunking on guys and could you know just give you a crossover and get right to the rim you know i i had to use like my my ball fakes you know my smarts you know if i'm trying to think two passes ahead if you're gonna pass now and then you're gonna cut you know I want to get to that spot on defense where I can take that charge on you when you're coming off the curl, mm -hmm. you know, five seconds later that I can beat you to that. So it's just reading the defense <clears> and kind of making up for, you know, that portion that I just, you know, I can't give up speed wise. One of the things I'm curious about is like, cause you watch Jake play in high school mm -hmm. and obviously now it's like, he's was five years removed from yep. basketball. Obviously wasn't in compete condition. Mm -hmm. What was prime Jake like in high school? He could shoot. He could shoot the ball. He would probably, I'd say, consistently between twenty-five and thirty points a night. Like it, it was just that corner, that uh, corner three spot on the left wing. That I remember, they would just run a play for him, and he would end up wide open every time, and it, he'd just make it. He, he was a, a really good shooter in high school. Was he really athletic too? He used to tell me he could like get up and like really dunk. Uh, I don't remember that. <laughs> he used to say he'd be like, "Is that old head?" <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't remember that part. But um, he said he could East Bay when he was like, "What?" Yeah, Jakery. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, one. <laughs> you might have to check that because I, I don't That's remember seeing that. I don't remember seeing that. But no, he was a good shooter. Did you, did you think that he was going to end up being a Division three basketball player, or did you think the sky was the limit for him? Um, and you think you were being his teammate? Yeah, you think you were no, his so teammate? I never, I never thought that I would be his teammate. That's crazy. I, I never thought that. Um, I definitely thought that you know he was going to be a college basketball player, um, and that he would end up somewhere. Yeah. So I, I wasn't surprised when I, you know, that he's playing, but I did not expect him to be my teammate. No. Did you ever have a so? Did you know he was going to be playing here when you? Nope. I did like, not. That's kind of crazy to think about. Is like he signed like an autographed ball uh -huh. for you as a, when you were a yeah. kid because he was like a high school phenom in yeah. the area. Yeah. And then you guys are both freshmen yeah. in college together. Yeah. <laughs> did you have a moment where it's like, damn, like, just like, I don't know, like someone you looked up to maybe as a kid that's now like you're seeing them in person, like maybe more for like what they really are? I, so I, it's funny. I remember I was coming out of McGuire one of the first days of my freshman year and I saw him walking on the quad and I, that's myself. Wait a second. Something's not right here because that's Jake Madura. You know, there's no way that, you know, he's in college still. And I remember, you know, the that night he showed up to play basketball and I was I kind of walked up and I was like, do you remember me? Like I sat in the front row at your games for six years. Like, yeah, I remember you, Adam. And I was like, wow, like, either I'm getting older or you're really old because I did not expect this to happen. 
So it, that really was funny. that was funny. What was going through your mind post injury as a freshman mm-hmm. when like you realized that like shit, this could be the end of my season? Um, I wasn't shocked. I had a feeling that it was going to be the end of my season. I actually was hoping that the ankle was broken because then it would have fully healed. Ah. Um, so what, what was the actual official injury? Uh, it was like a grade two sprain. Um, so I was on crutches for about a week or two, and then I, I had a brace for or a cast for about two weeks. But I was hoping I just broke it because the doctor looked at it because it looked pretty gruesome and discolored. So she was like, oh, that doesn't look good. And in my head, I was kind of like, yes, it'll be broken, and then it can fully heal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I it wasn't something that I was going to get super upset about because, you know, it was nothing I can control. You come down on somebody's foot the wrong way yeah. and, you know. I just remember I, I heard a pop and I was like, yeah, that's it. You know, I injured my ankle back in grade 10. Yeah. And like the worst part of getting an injured ankle is, first of all, you always come back too soon. Like, yeah. oh, this isn't yep. that bad. Yep. And then you immediately fucking re-roll yeah. it. Yeah. I was Absolutely. playing on like eight and a half foot rims. And I went to go dunk yep. and there was like this little lip. And I yeah, and you come down it. on it and you turn it the wrong way and always yeah. a fucking happy. Yep. You seem like a very uh, level-headed mm-hmm. guy, like not get too high, not get too low. Mm-hmm. And do you like, where'd you kind of develop that that's a very important trait mm-hmm. for basketball and for life yeah where do you kind of do your parents kind of instill that in you or how do you kind of develop that yeah i it's i mean i i guess you know it's an extension of my parents to my whole family you know we're a pretty level-headed bunch um so i would say just learning that from them and then you know kind of that philosophy of everything happens for a reason and you can't control what happens externally and yeah. you can control how you respond to it. You know, so you, you know, if something happens, you, you got to acknowledge that whatever happens happens and you, you got to do your best to kind of keep yourself going and in the loop and then just to remain level headed. One of the things I want to bring back from the podcast, we haven't done this in a while, but do you have a crazy college basketball story or a basketball story in general? Mm-hmm. Like your craziest experience? Um, so <laughs> I remember my senior year of high school, I'm not going to mention any names, but so one of my, it was teen- Declan. No, it was not. It was not Declan. <laughs> Declan's in the room with us. That's why he's getting a bunch of straights right now. If you guys so, are wondering, no, we don't bully Declan. Declan's much loved. By this podcast. This, I would say this was pretty foul. So one of my teammates, um, he was dating this girl and we thought that she got her pregnant because that was the rumor going around school. Um, so he was one of those guys who was kind of hinted that it was true so, you know, this is the only swear I'll say, but, you know, us being a bunch of assholes, we, <laughs> we all went to the to the store after and got a, a congratulations, you know, on your baby card with <laughs> one of those baby caricatures. And I think we put a dollar and 19 cents in a condom in the card and then put it in an envelope and gave him it. <laughs> and he opened it. And, and then he, they had a miscarriage. Sorry. No, what happened? And so then we gave him the card and then he opened it and he was like, why? <laughs> and then one of my teammates was like, oh, wait, I, I forgot to my portion. He pulled out a penny and he threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, did he end? Did, was she? Was she no, she wasn't. So he uh, the kid took the condom back because he didn't need it <laughs> <laughs> after it was used. Um, I want to ask you Declan's questions. because I think this is a good time to do. This. OK. And I want to make sure it's word for word. Okay. How are you successful being an undersized big? And what does it take to be dominant in your role? Uh, so that's a good question. So I remember he, he told me probably a week and a half ago that that was the question he was going to ask me. And I, I honestly still don't have a straight answer for that. Like I, 
I guess to be an undersized big, the first thing is to have someone believe in you that you can actually do it. Um, and that kind of motivation to, at least for me, I was shown that, you know, if I was an undersized big, look at the dominant effect I'm going to have. Who was that person for you that believed in you? Uh, it was definitely my high school basketball coach, I'd say. And then, you know, my, we brought in a new assistant my junior year to kind of I work especially with me. And, you know, he was just, I want to say, if I had to make an NBA comparison, he was one of those guys between, you know, Draymond Green and Jared Vanderbilt who was just, like, on you on defense like, you know, he was, you know, pushing you out of the post, fouling you super hard. And that that kind of toughness, mm-hmm. you know, that hard over height mantra of how you have to believe in yourself to do it. And you have to be so physical and play every play like it's going to be your last play out there and play very aggressive. I think that physicality is definitely a big aspect of it. If you're an undersized big, like if you're if you're, you know, six, nine, six, ten, you can get away with playing you know soft a little soft but when you're six one you know you got to fight for everything and you have to kind of set the tone early that this this is my way of playing and this is how we're going to do it and then now that we're past the serious question <laughs> how does it feel to lose two out of three games to Declan in the summer league um so the i remember the so the first game after we lost to Declan, i thought his team was granby mass and granby mass is terrible so we were like wow we all suck mm. But then we found it as Grammy Connecticut, so we didn't feel too bad about ourselves. <laughs> but I just want to say it was a close loss, and yeah, that's still a loss. But the third time that we beat Declan, I remember you left that out. Yeah, he he yeah he always leaves well, yeah, that the out. The question is two out of three. Yeah, so there is implied so, one loss. So so, so we didn't beat, touch we that beat at all. him once, and I remember him vividly being very angry after we lost. That the sounds game. so unlike that's you. So <laughs> um, De- Declan, I remember he's probably one of the smallest kids on the floor at the time, but he talked the most trash talk I've seen anybody. So I remember I saw him on the first day of uh, orientation, and he was like, "Do you remember me?" I was like, "Yeah, we hated you." <laughs> <laughs> like we like we had some kids that wanted to fight Declan because of the amount of trash. That doesn't talk. surprise me at all, especially after runs yesterday. Yeah, where you ripped his shirt. Yes, he didn't like the call. <laughs> um, final two questions is I want to go. So since you're going to be a teacher mm-hmm. and a coach, yep. If you had like a star player, a star pupil, and you're like, oh, this kid could really go places. Mm-hmm. What are two lessons that you could take from your basketball career that you could give to him that would help him speed up his process of becoming the best player he could become? I'd say my first lesson is to n- never be satisfied, um, you know, where you are. Because, you know, there's always something more that you can be doing to not only just improve yourself in the basketball sense, but improve yourself in, in life. Like I'm going to be one of the, those coaches that, yeah, it's, it's about, you know, you want to win games, but you want to make, you know, this group of kids into the you know best young adults that you can make them. And you want that character formation. Um, so I would say, you know, never be satisfied, you know, always work towards your end goal. And then the second one is to, I'd say, be grateful in the moment. You know, just to appreciate, you know, even the simplest things every day, like, you know, waking up, being able to step on the court, being able to, you know, get a lift in, just being grateful of your position where you are, because not everybody has that in this world. So. Sure. And the last question uh, for the day, Mm -hmm. what's one piece of advice you kind of give to your younger self? That's a good one, too. Um, I would say. I'd say to. 
honestly, I'd say to never give up. I know there were there were definitely some points, um, in my younger days where I would kind of give up a little, and I thought that I would, you know, be on the verge of, you know, quitting, not pursuing. Well, not quitting, um, but just not pursuing this anymore. And I would say just have confidence and, and never give up, you know, because you're going to go somewhere, whether it's with a basketball or not in life. So sure. I'm ready to call it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you guys. That's episode 57. 57. Yeah.